podcast was recorded earlier this year in a conversation between Chem and Turu Kurosalu from the uh, Flotex company in uh, Turkey. This week, the pod is all about digitalization and factory environments. In fact, I'm actually on the TWI site today and I'm looking at some samples from the automotive uh, manufacturing and production and I'm also looking at some composite samples as well. These are all interesting technologies that have boundaries to be pushed and in this um, conversation between Chem and Turul we're talking about how to transform production. Together uh, they look at factory settings and how these spaces lend themselves to digitalization, the needs and demands for digital technology that manufacturers are looking for within production plants. They also talk through the boundaries that have to be overcome uh, around machine vision and industry 4.0 and data analytics. Uh, and finally, they also compare the importance of customer feedback and satisfaction versus the data we can gather uh, through production and quality control. And we also asked Tural about the next big R&D ambitions and challenges for Flowtech. So all that is to come and more. We do hope you enjoy the episode. We do hope you enjoy this episode. And as ever, please leave us your feedback. We really appreciate it as it helps us produce better content in the future. Anyway, I'll hand you over to Chairman Turul and we hope you enjoy the show. Okay, uh, well, uh, good morning, everybody. Um, uh, today, uh, we're joined by Mr. Turul uh, Karasarlıoğlu uh, from uh, Bursa, Turkey. Um, and it's going to be on digitalization of factory environments, uh, how to transform an actual production. So um, Turul is uh, joining us from Flotex, which is a tier supplier to many car makers um, in, in Turkey and Europe. And they have a, a, a full production line, uh, three shift operation, uh, making uh, hundreds and thousands of parts, mainly um, fuel tanks for cars. Yeah. And um, also, um, Turul is uh, very experienced in the area of um, machine learning, um, um, being uh, the lead in uh, Viscom. It's an also another company working for the automotive sector over many years. And uh, therefore, um, it's, it's really both companies are part of uh, TWI Innovation Network, Flotex being a bit more active because of their production focus. Uh, but Viscom has been in the sector for many, many years on machine vision and control. Um, so, uh, uh, and Turul is also a graduate of University of Manchester. So I think uh, there's a good um, setting here uh, when it comes to TWI Innovation Network. Um, uh, Turul, uh, welcome on board. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm quite excited about this uh, conversation. And I hope we can um, uh, go through a couple of questions uh, with your experienced input. Yeah, thank you very much uh, for welcoming me. Uh, me and uh, I will uh, try to relay some of my experience in uh, automation plus uh, digitization in uh, production uh, in this conversation, I hope. Thank you. So, Turul, um, when we talk about factory environments, um, you know, uh, my first question is around factory setting and digitalization. Uh, 
So how can these two meet and work together, factory and digitalization? So if well, you have any thoughts on that, that would be most helpful. Yeah, of course, every production plant wants to use some sort of digital technologies in their production. And uh, by time, such applications are being used uh, more and more in uh, production plants. But uh, it all depends upon the kind of production the factory has, because sometimes it's labor intensive and it may be difficult to turn to a high percentage of digitalization, I should say. But there is always something to be done and uh, it makes the life easier, uh, resulting a faster production with less defect percentage, better quality. Uh, but uh, as I said before, I mean, uh, for uh, digitalization, uh, I mean, uh, the factory or the production plant uh, must have some sort of uh, IT system in order to feed back the data from the production uh, to the computers. Uh, and then uh, there can be many things be done about this. Mm -hmm. So in your case, I mean, if we think about your... Um you're, you know, you're the coordinator of R&D in Flotex, uh, so heavily involved in the uh, sort of up-to-date uh, activities and research projects. So in, 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 in the case of a production facility like Flotex, uh, do you have to demolish any boundaries to turn your factory into a digital setting, or is it more or less uh, a structure that can accommodate this? Well, uh, Flotex as an... Uh well, infrastructure to accommodate digitalization uh, in a way, you know, not 100%, because uh, some of the production, well, most of the production done in Flotex is uh, uh, labor uh, intensive. And, uh, but still, uh, we are uh, trying to uh, go to digitalization as much as we can. For example, uh, uh, we have an uh, ERP system in the, in the company. Uh, which is, uh, you know, controlling everything, uh, let me say. And of course, we should have uh, sensors and uh, also uh, other sensing equipment in the production to feedback data from the production to the uh, computers, you know. But at the moment, uh, it's not, uh, since I said it's labor-intensive uh, uh, production here, uh, at the moment it's doing, uh, it's done uh, sort of semi-manually, let's say, uh, we get the data from the sensors, but, uh, you know, anal analysis is done by people. Okay, okay. So through utilizing the da data from the production with sensors and anal analysis by your uh, QC departments. Yeah, that's um, true. Okay. Um, so well, you mentioned sensors. I mean, it, it, we know that Flotex, um, uh, you know, manufacture tanks uh, with uh, rotational molding. Um, so it's uh, you know, lots of equipments, lots of machines there, lots of molds there, uh, different geometry parts, etc. Um, so when it comes to sensors, how how where do you where 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 do you place these sensors? Do you do you choose in your production line best place for it, or do you rather have sensors in all steps of the production? 
Well, of course, it all depends, you know, because uh, we have uh, we are using rotational molding technology in Flatex. So this means that uh, we are uh, we have big ovens and we are heating the plastic powder uh, inside molds to get the parts that we want. So uh, there are many parameters which goes with this production, like, uh, you know, the time of the molding plus the temperature of the oven and the uh, you know, uh, cooling period, etc., and even the design of the molds, you know. So uh, we get, uh, of course, at the end of the production, we look to the products and uh, see where we can improve these products. And then we try to change the parameters to get a better uh, outcome. Uh, so uh, it's that's why I said it's not completely automatic, you know, but in some places, uh, for example, in some automotive factories or some other uh, production plants, uh, I mean, there is much more automation uh, than uh, we have in Frotex, actually. Uh, also, uh, you mentioned at the beginning while introducing me about machine vision. Uh, machine vision means using industrial cameras uh, in the production, during the production. And uh, industrial cameras uh, are different than uh, the normal cameras that we are using, of course. It's uh, sort of uh, sensors with vision, you know. So it uh, gets the vision, analyzes the vision itself with the software and feeds back to the computer system where, where, whether there is some faulty part or not, you know. For example, in, uh, in automotive factories, the, the machine vision is used for Robot, robots guide, robot guiding, plus quality control, plus and uh, process control. Uh, so uh, when uh, these industrial cameras and machine vision uh, has been discovered, let's say 10, 15 years ago, the robots gained eyes, you know? <laughs> so mm. they, yeah, of course, because before uh, you were programming the robots to go to a certain coordinate and then at that coordinate uh, the robot was doing some sort of job you know but if it goes even if it goes to the right coordinate and and the piece that it's going to make some operation on is not there the robot doesn't know whether it's not whether it's there or not so it just uh, makes the movement anyway but mm. with the machine vision industrial cameras the robots has eyes now, <laughs> which means that they can check whether they are at the right place and doing the right job. So this is, of course, has become uh, very, uh, you know, usable by by the production companies. Yeah, I think this this type of um, approach fits very well with Industry 4.0 efforts in turning a, a factory floor to more um, a robotic, automated environments. Um, so, do you do you do you use any um, uh, machine vision type cameras in, in certain parts of the factory at the moment, or it, it, it's more, um, um, as you said, uh, manually intensive? At Flotex, uh, well, uh, we are using uh, robots. You know, we only started using robots a couple of years ago. Uh, actually, our production is not suitable uh, for the robots to work at the production. But what does the what do the robots do? They do drilling, cutting, uh, you know, and uh, that sort. Uh, some, uh, uh, you know, let's say 
work on the uh, piece that we get from the rotational molding, you know, the just making trimming, etc. So uh, at the moment, uh, the robots uh, do it in a uh, semi-automatic way, you know, but uh, in near future, we are uh, thinking of installing cameras so that uh, we will uh, ask the robots, uh, I should say, to do more, uh, more uh, let's say, uh, things, uh, you know, rather than what they are doing at the moment. Okay, so it's, uh, it's something that, that's um, uh, planning phase, I understand. Yeah, um, so, um, you know, you, you mentioned data and that's been an analyzed separately. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, do you, do you need to have a, in this age where the big data and lots of data is of prime importance uh, or is considered to be prime importance, uh, do you need to have a data analytics department, do you think, in the factory so that you can continuously monitor the status uh, of machines for improvements? Um, is this something that will be necessary? Yeah, of course, utilizing data from the, from the production environment to analyze uh, is the first step for digitalization, of course. Also, but also this data should be correct data. Uh, if you analyze and try to connect some systems or machine machine parameters, this is some sort of a semi-automatic system and it helps uh, the production. But the best digitalization is to analyze the data by the computers and then feedback the correct working parameters to the production system automatically so that it corrects itself, you know. Uh, but as I said before, this depends upon the kind of production you use. Uh, the, some of the corrections, of course, can be made through computers and automated machines, and uh, some should be analyzed uh, by an analytic department and then fed back to the production. Uh, but uh, some can only be detected, detected during quality control uh, if the quality control is not automated. Uh, in our factory, in uh, Frotex, uh, quality control is not automated, uh, but we have many instruments to make the checkups. And this data is fed back uh, to the uh, production uh, part of the plant and then adjustments made accordingly. I see. Yeah, so I was going to say, can you rely on the data? I mean, um, you know, factory with lots of machines working at the same time, a lot of movements. The question can be how accurate or representative the data can be. Uh, is it simply noise that you you, you collect, or uh, you know that those are the questions that come to mind? I guess you know when you say it has to be correct data. Uh, any, any thoughts on that? I mean, what's your first take on data when you see something? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, it depends on what kind of data that you extract from the production. Uh, of course, if you are, you can get noise, and but you should find ways to filter out noise and then get the data that you want. And of course, this is done by uh, you know extend, uh, intensive work. You know, uh, I mean, you have to check your uh, sensors and the data that you get from the production, whether they are the correct data, and this takes some time. You know, but uh, afterwards, when the system is, uh, you know, uh, adjusted correctly, 
then you can get uh, the correct data uh, so that you can adjust your production likewise. Uh, but otherwise, uh, for uh, I mean, if you get only noise, that's <laughs> that's too bad, you know. And then you have to change your sensors or your analyzing software or or your automation systems, whatever you know, to get the uh, data that you need actually. Yeah. So. Uh, I understand. Um, so it brings us to maybe uh, something called simulation. I mean, um, uh, simulation relies on data modeling, um, but uh, often relies on data going in uh, before it's processed to go out. So whatever you put in, you know, if it's uh, data that's, uh, let's say, uh, not a representative data, it will still process and show you something. Do you do, you do any uh, modeling exercises when it comes to um, understanding what your you know, machines or processes are doing in relation to materials that you work with, etc. So is there any, you think there is a room for um, simulation and modeling exercise here? Yeah, well, there, there is. I mean, uh, in some other uh, factories, in some other kinds of production, there is, of course, more room for uh, simulation. In our case, uh, of course, data going in and uh, the uh, data going uh, coming out of the production plant from the sensors, etc., and uh, the following anal analysis improves the productivity and quality. And uh, this is uh, something desired by the production plant to maximize the output and minimize the costs, of course. So the feedback from the customers are also very important in our case. And uh, we are uh, doing this for our uh, benefit firstly and naturally for further customer satisfaction. So the feedback from the customers uh, as well as from the sensors in our production line is also some uh, kind of uh, data fed in so that we can change uh, a few things uh, in the production to make the, the production according to their desire and, uh, and quality. So, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, in many um, manufacturing houses in the past, <laughs> customer feedback was the main thing, you know, was the proof of the pudding. So one can argue, I mean, why need uh, for data? You know, if the customer is happy, um, is it worth looking into data? What's your take on that? I mean, obviously, you mentioned customer satisfaction. So if, 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 if the main goal is customer um, uh, being happy with the products you uh, share with them um, you know what's the answer for why need for data um, what do you think about that this, so this is interesting because customer customer satisfaction could depend on many things it may, it, it may have nothing to do with data but um, then you have this data and quality control etc what's your take on that yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, uh, customer satisfaction is very important also in our uh, kind of production that we are mostly uh, selling our parts uh, to automotive companies. Uh, the uh, automotive companies uh, now mostly want the uh, quality control to be done at the supplier, not the, not in their premises. You know, so they expect hundred uh, percent checked and. Uh, 100% good quality uh, parts, you know, uh, so, uh, but, uh, so we have to uh, get their uh, wheels, of course. Uh, I mean, for example, we are making some, uh, let's say, expansion tanks for automobiles, you know, and these expansion tanks, 
sometimes after one year, two year, you know, they crack and some something wrong happens, you know. So, I mean, uh, we uh, manufacture according to the standards and we make all the tests, etc. But then we can get some feedbacks from the customers informing us that, uh, you know, something wrong happened, you know, after a couple of years, etc. And we uh, make uh, research and development uh, on the, uh, you know, kind of plastics that we are using on the mold and many other things, you know. So this is sort of a, uh, yeah, a very valuable feedback from the customers. So, I mean, uh, the other data i mean that we are talking about that we get from the production line and quality control of course is to improve ourselves you know but uh, after we are 100% sort of sure that uh, i mean uh, we have a good product still the customers has something to say <laughs> and uh, we take in, into consideration what they inform us also i see so um qc um, customer feedback perhaps after a number of months or maybe a year or so still uh, of relevance. So when we think about this digitalization then, which part of your factory is more suitable to transform fully? Would it be the QC department where you do quality <laughs> control and check the parts? Uh, well, uh, I mean, uh, we are thinking of, uh, of course, automatically adjusting the parameters of the uh, rotational molding machines to adjust themselves, uh, you know, uh, but uh, this is difficult, you know, uh, I mean, uh, this, we are trying to, you know, uh, put some systems uh, uh, to do this, but uh, it's not very easy. So at the moment, uh, we will rely on the our quality control department, you know, which makes measure. For a, I should say, for a, for a start, for example, we are making hundred percent quality control to all the goods that we produce. I mean, it, it's it's not uh, you know just a quality control for some selected uh, you know parts. You know, we are making hundred percent control. Also. Uh, talking about this traceability is uh, very important to find out the reason why and when and how any any faulty part is produced you know so we trace all our uh, products uh, all the time uh, of course uh, to put a barcode on the on the on every part is not easy and some oems do not want this anyway uh, but uh, we do it uh, and uh, so uh, we try to find smart solutions uh, to mark the parts and uh, marking the final products, of course, are much easier. And uh, of course, when we make traceability, when we uh, apply traceability to our, to our products, then we should have a very good uh, also uh, ERP system so that uh, the, uh, uh, every, every part is recorded from uh, the material, uh, and the, the production stage, quality control stage, and uh, sending it to the customers, you know, uh, every every product and the, all the raw materials of the product are dated and uh, also recorded in the computers. Yeah, so you, okay, traceability. Um, I guess that could be one major reason to move onto a digital platform or when checking each and every part. You say this is very important. Um, and uh, I mean, can this actually be done? And if if uh, if so, where do you store all this data? I mean, if you imagine uh, checking each and every part, 
you could be talking about thousands and thousands of um, parts and data over time. Um, where would you store this? And would it need a major IT uh, uh, system um, to be um, set up in, in your factory uh, when it comes to all these uh, each and every part traceable image or data that you would store? Yeah, uh, of course, we have, we have servers uh, and also backups uh, for uh, these servers, plus an IT department who is following uh, the, uh, you know, IT processes uh, in these servers, etc. Uh, and of course, you should have a software as well. And uh, we are using a, a Microsoft ERP system. Uh, it's called Navision in our uh, premises. And, uh, and uh, we store all the data. Of course, it's not very difficult in our case because our uh, you know uh, raw materials are the plastics uh, the plastics uh, granules plus some mechanical parts uh, and uh, uh, and uh, a few other things you know that's it but when you uh, talk about a uh, automotive 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 factory for example they have many different kinds of productions in the factory plus uh, many sub-productions, you know. So their, uh, you know, uh, production trees are much more complicated than us, you know. Uh, but uh, still, uh, we are, uh, of course, recording the raw materials, when we buy it, whom we buy, whom we buy it from, and uh, when we use it during the production. And then all this information goes with the barcode of that uh, part, which is, uh, you know, uh, transferred to the customer and then if some complaint comes back to us after some year we will know when was when it was produced by whom <laughs> in the factory and uh, which raw materials we used etc so we are we have uh, nearly 100% traceability in our factory in our production that's great so you mentioned smart marking do you, do you mean just uh, relying on barcodes or any other way of smart marking on parts for your traceability well we are using mostly barcodes but i know that some other uh, some other production plants uh, use uh, well very small qr codes or something machined on the you know part itself etc i mean not to uh, make it too visible you know but in yeah. our case uh, it's not very important to make it visible or not so we are using barcodes mostly that's great. Um, so, Turul, I mean, I know you're uh, the, coordinating the R&D activities, obviously, in Fortex as well. So, uh, what is your next um, major R&D interest um, as we come to the end of our conversation? What is the next phase for your R&D ambitions at the moment? Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, you know, Flotex has been, uh, uh, well, uh, has been uh, the leader for rotational molding uh, for plastics in Turkey and started the production in 1983. And uh, well, uh, we are now uh, main suppliers of many uh, automotive companies uh, in Turkey. Uh, also, we have exports uh, to some other countries. We are selling uh, uh, licenses. Uh, we sold licenses to India, for example, to, for some companies there for uh, rotational uh, molding. And we have many patents of, uh, also. Uh, but your question is, uh, I mean, we are intending to enter uh, another uh, field of technology, which is composites. 
and uh, of course we are uh, producing the liners of the composite uh, tanks these are called type 4 tanks which means that inside the liner it's called is uh, made of, of plastic and the outer part is made up of uh, composite you know so uh, this these tanks are used uh, for uh, CNG uh, storing uh, with lower, let's say, uh, uh, pressures, uh, let's say 200, 250 bars, uh, and then can be used for hydrogen storage, which uh, can be 700 bars or even above that. And at the moment, uh, we are uh, working uh, on uh, composites, uh, you know, to uh, improve ourselves uh, in knowledge, uh, plus install some uh, production uh, uh, production facilities uh, in the factory. And uh, to do this, uh, we are preparing some uh, projects, you know, to uh, get some funding from the uh, Turkish Tubitak, uh, which is equivalent to Innovate UK in United Kingdom, plus European Union, of course. And uh, we are waiting the Horizon Europe, uh, you know, uh, calls at the moment, which they say will be, uh, you know, uh, will be uh, publicized uh, in the start of uh, April. Mm. Uh, so we are uh, working on that. And apart from composite, I should say that uh, we, we have some expertise in heat pipes, you know. Heat pipes we are using in our uh, molds, you know. We are also, I should say that we are manufacturing our own molds. We have a mold workshop here and a couple of, well, uh, three CNC big machines actually uh, also. And uh, we are using heat pipes uh, in the molds, you know. and. Uh, uh, we are improving our technology in uh, using heat pipes as well. That's great. So you mentioned hydrogen um, possibly as an application. So I guess uh, you're uh, you'll be in center of hydrogen economy developments uh, where tanks will be uh, will need to be uh, utilized uh, that can contain and um, uh, perform with hydrogen at high pressures. Um, that should be a, quite an exciting development for you. Um, and I think uh, the experience of the materials that you use uh, will probably come into place for that. Um, so, Turul, thank you very much. Um, um, well, thank you. This is all I could say. You know, I mean, there are <laughs> there are a lot of lot to talk about. You know, about our production and the artificial intelligence, etc. But uh, well, these are the things that we are uh, looking after these days. Yeah, that's excellent. So. Um, uh, for those that are listening, uh, uh, Flotex are, are part of the innovation network at TWI, and um, you can see more information if you visit the website for the TWI, TWI Innovation Network on the Technology Accelerator programs and tabs, and um, and we hope to collaborate on uh, some of these developments in the future, including composites and hydrogen uh, tank applications. Uh, Turul, thanks very much indeed, and um, I hope some of these uh, research and development incentives will come to fruition, and um, it will be a great um, occasion to see the full demonstration uh, in, a, in a real factory environment. Thank I you. hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, thank you, and uh, thanks TWI for their support uh, in our R&D activities start for many years now. Thank you. Thank you.
so with that we come to the end of the show thank you very much to everyone for listening to find out more about Flowtech, you'll find a link to their website in this podcast description and obviously if you want to find out more about the twi innovation network you can visit our website which is twi-innovation-network.com um, you can find out more about our taps our p-tips and all of our subscription packages on there and you can also form find out you can also from there uh, as i mentioned in the beginning of this podcast episode anyway thank you very much to everyone for listening and a special thank you to Toral Kausalo for your expertise and your time in helping us record this podcast and be a, an important part of this series anyway 